Hello everyone, and welcome to this special three-part mini-series within the Colorado Energy Leaders podcast. I'm really excited to bring this, this trio of episodes to you because I've actually worked a really long time on it. And this episode and the following two are all about the case for nuclear energy. Now, nuclear energy isn't something that's particularly uh, salient within Colorado, not because necessarily a lot of people hate it or even a lot of people like it, but we just have a lot of other resources within the state. So it was really difficult for me to find people to talk about nuclear energy because it's just not on the docket. We have so much solar and so much wind that it's really a state that probably won't ever use nuclear energy to decarbonize, even if other places do. However, I really wanted to talk about nuclear energy because I feel like in order to solve climate change, we have to come to terms with the very difficult debate of pragmatism versus ideology. There are people who want to solve climate change from an ideological basis. They want to focus on their technologies and their portfolios of solutions, and they have ideological reasons for these portfolios of technologies, but they're not necessarily the way we get there the fastest. And on the other side of that, you have kind of the pragmatists who say the goal is to decarbonize as quickly as possible, almost no matter what. And these people don't share some of the ideological baggage of the first group. However, they also sometimes uh, chafe at the environmentalist community who has been fighting for clean energy for so long and are open to technologies that have traditionally been enemies of the environmentalist community. And I think nuclear energy is such a great example of that, that we can use to have other types of conversations like this throughout the clean energy sector. So a good ex example of this is hydroelectricity. Hydroelectricity wrecks ecosystems and has also been in the crosshairs of environmentalist groups for the way they have been built, utilized, and eventually decommissioned. But they are also a low carbon generation source. And if our goal is to decarbonize as quickly as possible, at the very least, we probably need to keep as many hydroelectricity plants open as, as long as possible, if not building more. And so this gets into this really hard space of, you know, how do we balance the environmental impacts that are not carbon related of low carbon technologies? Nuclear energy is a perfect proxy for this conversation because it, it has all of this baggage of history with the environmentalist movement while also being a very potent and potentially invaluable resource for electrical and thermal energy without producing carbon emissions. And so Colorado will probably never adopt nuclear energy. It probably most likely won't affect our energy mix. As I get into with uh, the second, the, the third part of this, this series, uh, our local energy resources mean that we probably have things to use besides nuclear energy. But it's still a conversation that I think in the decarbonization and environmentalist spheres, we need to take more seriously. In order to to solve climate change, I think there are three things that are really important. The first one is a suite of low carbon or low emissions technologies that can provide energy both to the United States and to the developing world, which will grow exponentially in its energy demands to obtain a modern standard of living throughout the globe. And I think people having a modern standard of living is great, which also means intrinsically, I believe access to more energy is needed. 
The second thing that we talk a lot about is, or that is necessary for cl solving climate change is social unity. Social unity is the widespread acceptance that we together need to work to fix climate change. The third thing that I think we need is political leadership. Now, whenever you're in a climate change or environmentalist community, we love talking about technology. We love talking about, you know, what suite of wind, solar, hydrogen, battery, natural gas, technology uh, portfolio will get us to do zero uh, emissions. But we spend so little time talking about the need that I think is equally important for social unity and political leadership around climate change. So today, in this three-part series, I wanted to talk about the case for nuclear as a proxy for some of these deeper conversations, and I wanted to focus it around political leadership. To that end, I found two people whom I've met previously, Susie Hobbs-Baker of the Good Energy Collective and Rich Powell of ClearPath to talk about both the progressive and the conservative cases for nuclear. Originally, I wanted to talk to people who live and work in the state of Colorado around this, but I just couldn't find people who were at this intersection in the state. And so, because it's my podcast, I decided to, to call in some favors. Um, I really wanna know what you think about this and I really hope you enjoy the conversation. As I mentioned, this, this series is three parts. First with this introduction, followed by an episode with Susie Hobbs Baker of the Good Energy Collective on the progressive case for nuclear energy, and then followed up by uh, Rich Powell of ClearPath for the conservative case for nuclear energy. As I kind of walked through this space, I felt it was really interesting because on the one hand, you have people who want to identify themselves as clean energy advocates. In the United States, that's often Democrats. And they are open to the idea of nuclear energy, but in order for nuclear energy to be an option, you can't just be open to it, you need to champion it. And I don't see a lot of political leadership on the side of the Democrats in getting nuclear energy built. On the side of the Republicans, while I think they talk a very good game about liking nuclear energy, some of the policy mechanisms they've released recently kind of seem to undercut nuclear energy. So the conversation Democrats are having is, we love clean energy, we need to decarbonize as quickly as possible, but they're mostly focused on how to get renewables expanded as rapidly as possible. On the Republican side, there's kind of this meta-narrative of, well, we care about clean energy, but we want to do it in a way that doesn't hurt the economy, and we're more serious about it. And we know we're more serious because unlike the Democrats, we're open to all forms of clean energy. And I think this is a little bit disingenuous because by the same metric, you can't just be open to nuclear energy. You have to champion nuclear energy in order for it to succeed. And people who say they're serious about it but aren't willing to, get to, willing to champion it, I'm not so sure they're that serious. So nuclear energy as a discussion really gives us this opportunity to have a proxy conversation around both ideology versus pragmatism and the lack of political leadership around climate change that we really need to solve in order to decarbonize. And so I hope you like this mini series and I hope you like the speakers because I think they're pretty incredible and I'm excited to share their interviews with you. 
As always, you can find me at Colorado Rue. Please reach out and tweet with thoughts or comments. And stay safe out there, everyone.